Welcome back, everybody. Take a break with Stephen. Stephen Seamus. Alex, welcome back. Good to see you again, my friend. I, I, by the way, I was, I was just about to comment on the hat. What is it's, the history nice of that? Yeah, what, is that, what is that cap that you wear? Cabby hat? I, I, don't, I don't know the, the technical term for it. But it looks you, good. You, it's in my beard. Pay, did you get it for free? Or did, I mean, oh, no, I paid for it. it. It's, a, it's a Kanga, I believe. I hope, you didn't, I hope you didn't pay too much for it, <laughs> you, didn't get that at, you didn't get that at Saks, I can tell you that. No, I would no. never shop there. No. <laughs> that's, not, that's not a place for Alex. All right. Well, we're still down memory lane this yep. week, which we love. I love the memory lane shows. Yep. They're a lot of fun. Um, and we're at part three. Yep. Bronze Age part Bonanza. Three. All right. So, so what are we hitting today, Alex? What are the high points of what we're going to talk uh, about? I mean, we're doing we're just going straight down the, the, the alphabetical list of uh, Bronze Age beauties, uh, essentially. I mean, we're going to be getting into a lot of the Marvel stuff, spotlight, graphic novel, premieres. Um, a lot of stuff in the, the late seventies, early eighties was Marvel had a lot of, you know, books that had random characters in it, you know, coming for, back from the silver age where there was a lot of tales to astonish books like that, where it had a rotating cast. Uh, and, but you'll see a lot of first appearances. Cool. Cool. All right. So are we ready to rock and roll? Let's do it. All right, cool. So last time we left off at long shot. Yeah. And the great Arthur Adams cover. And that leads us to Marvel graphic novel number four from oh. 1982. It's the first New Mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie didn't perform that well. Uh, I suspect the MCU is going to start incorporating some of these uh, legacy properties at some point or one or another. It, it is a good property. It is a good yeah. book. It was always very popular. Uh, there are 252 blue label 9.8s. And as a reminder from last time is we're only going to do blue labels. These, uh, the gold labels, there's so many different iterations of the gold labels and who signed them and when and what the, the values are. So we're just going to really stick to blue labels on the Bronze Age stuff. And it's about an $825 to $850 book. So it's, it's not a cheap book. So despite the movie not really performing, the New Mutants is still considered a very popular title. Very popular, it's, yes. Yeah. So, so I, I, think, I think they're going to get another shot at some point. Yeah. Yeah, Probably they could fold them back in. You know, who knows what they're going to do with the X Men? Um, I mean, this was this this the mute the movie of New Mutants was right at the end of the Fox having the Marvel rights before Disney bought everybody. Uh, so you know, it was the tail end. I'm sure it had a lot. They had a lot more they wanted to do with it. Um, lots of reshoots. Pandemic coming out. On, you know, just in movie theaters. You know, it's it's a tough property. And, and listen, you know. Uh, it's one of those things where it got, it got kicked a few times and, you know, and sometimes these movies and you've seen it happen elsewhere, they get kind of bad press yeah. through, through no fault of no one's really seen it, whatever. And people are making up stories and they're gossiping and they read the websites and, and then it kind of submarines the film before it even has a chance. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I think that it was sort of like fantastic four, not that fantastic four was a, a, a great film, Fine movie. But, yeah, it was but, good. but, but, but it, but it got so submarined in the press yeah. before it came out yeah. that it, it almost didn't even have a, a chance. Yeah. Right. Toxic fans type deal. Right. Yeah. Okay. So the next one is an interesting one. I, I feel this book is extraordinarily undervalued again. We, we, and we've discussed this in correlation to modern era books, right? Because I don't know that people ordered this book back then. Uh, Marvel premiere number 47 from April of 1979. It's the first Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. Okay. There were only 168 blue label 9.8s, Alex. 
and it's only about an $850 book. It has a classic, classic Bob Layton cover. Mm -hmm. It's a great cover. Uh, what, why, I mean, Ant-Man is a major part of the MCU. Yep. Paul Rudd totally embodies the character. Yep. He's absolutely hysterical. To me, the best part is when he becomes giant man, <laughs> right? And Michael Pena as well yeah. uh, for, for comic relief. But, but any reason why that book is not more, I mean, don't you feel like at 168, nine eights it, and it didn't have a high print run book. No, I mean, no. And, and for years that book, now it's not the first appearance of Ant-Man. It's the first appearance of right. Scott Lang as Ant-Man, who is in the movie. Um, the first appearance of Ant-Man is a Silver Age book. Very right. hard to find. Very, very expensive. This is definitely a book that was, you know, a $50, $60 raw book for a little while. I mean, it was it, the character Scott Lang, although stays in the Marvel Universe, um, he he's, wasn't like a big popular character. I mean, the original Ant-Man comes back and becomes Ant-Man again. And, and it wasn't until the movie uh, was announced that it was going to be Scott Lang Ant-Man that this book really pick up. But you're right. It, it, there's, there's no reason why it is as cheap as it is for what it is. The first appearance of Scott Lang Ant-Man. This is the, the Ant-Man's going to be in the Marvel Universe for a right. while. And they did uh, They're not going to go backwards. Right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's definitely a a, a, move, a book to pick up. Um, buy one now. Buy one now. Keep yeah, it. I, I, I do. I, I feel like it's undervalued. Yeah. The, the next book is a very, very interesting one, Alex, because, again, it's a character who didn't perform well in the movies, but is very, very popular in the comic books. Uh, the first Ghost Rider appearance, mm -hmm. uh, Mike Plug cover, great cover. Marvel Spot. Yeah, Marvel Spotlight number five, uh, August of 1972. Uh, it's a very, very tough book in high grade, so we're really just going to talk about some of the lower grades. There's only three 9.8s. Again, 1972 Marvel Spotlight. I don't know yeah. that there's that many books out there, even raw. Uh, 34 9.6s, 82 9.4s, and 150 9.2s. So in 9.2, it's about a $4,500 book. Wow. Now, Ghost Rider is interesting because, again, did not perform well on the, in the film, but yet still a very, Super very valuable book. Yeah. yeah. What, what is it about the Ghost Rider character that despite, again, the film failing, it's, people still want that character? Yeah, I mean... Ghost Rider has been popular. I mean, he had the Johnny Blaze series ran from uh, 78 to 83. Uh, and then and then it went took off in the 90s series um, and and almost skyrocketed that character. And I, fe I feel like you could see towards the end of the 90s where, you know, the Ghost Rider, you know, fans were kind of kind of dropping off and it was they were moving on to other stuff. But the first appearance of Ghost Rider after that when 90s the big comic boom, that's when that book really started becoming sold after. Yeah, and I'll tell you, you know, Mark Texera and Javier Salteris, they were doing their versions of, of Ghost Rider and they were amazing. They, those are really like the two artists that I think of when I think yeah. of Ghost Rider. And uh, yeah, it, it is just interesting that it, it had its heyday. Yeah. It's interesting. I agree with you. At the time, it was super, super hot. And sometimes it goes on that like, okay, it's super, super hot. Okay, now it's cooled off. Even though... It, the character cooled off. The prices never cooled off. Correct, yeah. I, I wonder if that's just due to the fact that there's just not that many out there. And even though it cooled off, there wasn't enough of people being like, ah, oh, forget it, I want to get rid of it. There's just not that many copies out I, there. I think before the Iron Man and Ghost Rider movies, you could walk up to a stranger and be like, oh, do you know who Ghost Rider is? And I he would, I'm probably would be right for him to say yes, where you walk up to a stranger and ask if they knew who Iron Man is, and they probably would have said no. Right. It's funny, right? It's interesting. Okay, and then, and then here's an interesting one. Another character that has never appeared in any form, but for some reason, and, and, and will appear in, in TV soon, 
it is interesting because take the character character of Moon Knight. Alex, I could kick myself. <laughs> Those Werewolf by Night 32s. Oh, man. I had the Mile High copy. Oh. And you're going to laugh. When I was cleaning out my parents' house, I found the certificate. Oh, no. No, no book. I, we got oh, rid of the book. No. Sold the book years ago. Those nine eights of the Werewolf by Nights are like $50,000. Yeah. yeah. And I had the Mile High pedigree. Yeah. Oh, maybe sick. Anyway, it's hard to believe how much those 32 sell for. I don't know what it is about the Moon Knight character, and we'll talk about it in a second. Again, Bill Sienkiewicz was really the artist behind Moon Knight. Yeah. But Marvel Spotlight number 28, mm -hmm. first solo Moon Knight story. It's from uh, June of 1976. There are only 73 Blue Label 9.8s. It's about a $1,400 book, putting aside the Werewolf by Night, because I think that's sort of out of the stratosphere right now. Right. So this is, this is a good option. Uh, what is it about the Moon Knight character? Again, has not appeared anywhere yet, but still very, very expensive. Yeah, I mean, super, again, super popular fan favorite character. Um, he, you know, he had his 90s run, the Mark Spector Moon Knight stuff. He had a couple interesting uh, Warren Ellis runs uh, in the last few years. Just a, a really interesting character. You know, you, you, you look at it as, you know, there's a couple of different iterations, um, but the Moon Knight character as a kind of anti-Batman, dressed in all white, not all black, really doesn't have any superpowers. Um, he has, you know, different personas that he comes out with um you know there's the there's there's later on where moon knight is a you know kind of uh kind of crazy he has he has different personalities and it's like a serious issue and then there's the weird moon knight where he had like moon powers and you know some stuff dating back to egyptian times you know there's a lot of stuff that they've done with moon knight but he's definitely a marvel comics fan favorite if you're a, a 90s kid uh reading comics in marvel comics you love moon knight we're starting to see a common thread here. Yeah. Okay. Then the next character was just announced uh, for, for a Marvel series, uh, which is uh, Spider-Woman. Now, they have not announced which Spider-Woman, which I think right. has kept everybody sort of on their toes, right? Because, everybody hitting the, hovering over the by now. On right, right, right. Okay. Because they did announce Spider-Woman, but nobody knows which iteration it's going to be. And I think that's why you haven't seen the prices go like this on any particular one of them. Because if you pick one over the other, then, then you got the wrong one and you've yeah. overpaid for it. Okay. So uh, now you have Marvel Spotlight number 32, mm -hmm. which again, you know, Gil Kane cover came out mm -hmm. in February of 77. First appearance of the Jessica Drew Spider-Woman. Mm -hmm. So we don't know if that's going to be the Spider-Woman in the series. Right. Uh, nobody knows yet. Uh, Marvel has not announced it yet. There are only 167 Blue Label 9.8s, and that's about a $1,700 book. So mm -hmm. I think you kind of, look, it's an expensive book. I think you have to sit tight till you decide, till Marvel just tells you which Spider-Woman you're going you're gonna to be seeing. I mean, but with what Sony is doing with all the Spider-People and then how good edge of spider-verse and how well that performed honestly just buy them all if you can buy all the, the spider people books because at some point they're going to make something with it sounds like it right like spider-verse is almost like they're going to stick everything in there Might you know well. spider-man spider-man 3 you know you're hearing rumors that you know first of all you know jamie fox is coming back yeah you know benedict is going to be in the film now opens the door for everything Right. I mean, can you imagine bringing in Andrew Garfield and, and uh, Toby? I mean, just, you might forget about it, right? For just for 10 minutes, just, just like an end credit scene, it would knock people's socks off. But uh, again, they can do whatever. I mean, just the fact that they, and, and you can see the internet go crazy when they, when they cast Jamie Foxx to bring him back. I mean, that, that says a lot. 
Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Look, the Batman movie, they're bringing back Michael Keaton. They're bringing back my good. I mean, it, it is it is fun. It is it is definitely fun as a fan to, to, to see all that stuff. Okay. The next one is a character that is absolutely on fire. These books just keep going up. The populations are very, very high. These are not low pop books. It doesn't matter. Marvel Superheroes Secret Wars number eight. It's the origin of the symbiote suit, which later becomes Venom, mm -hmm. December of 84. There are, Alex, almost 3,600 9.8s. <laughs> it's got that awesome Mike Zek cover, yep. classic Zek at yep. his peak. There are actually 22 9.9s, and there are four 10.0 perfection books. The book sells for about $450 in 9.8. For a book with 3,600 uh, population to be 450 in 9.8, uh, $450 is pretty extraordinary. Now, that was a high print run book. When Secret Wars came yes. out, it was a book that was a big event book. It was one of the first big events that Marvel or DC had ever done. It was like, oh my God, they have all the characters. Holy cow, they're all coming together. It was like the Avengers before the, the Avengers they, movie before the Avengers movie. They sold movie it out. to sell the toy. They were doing a toy line. Right. And they needed, a, this is the comic to sell the toy line. So it was everywhere. It was in grocery stores, toy stores. You could get three packs. There was reprint packs. It was everywhere. You know, it's funny you speak about the toy line. I remember the short printed toys. Forget about it. You couldn't get electro you couldn't get constrictor mm -hmm. you, you couldn't get those you couldn't find those secret wars toys it was like one of the it was like i don't know if they short packed them i don't remember what they did at the time they came in waves or whatever they did uh, but if you remember and even on the dc side right they had they had a super few of the, the yeah. yeah the superpower ones they had a Pharaoh, few short prints yeah pharaoh plastic man yeah uh there were some of them you just couldn't find anywhere yeah. so it just is interesting uh yes they were there to sell the toys and those by the way those toys stand up today. When I see people selling the minted package, it yeah. brings back a lot of nostalgia when I was a kid. Yeah. If you have a Secret Wars toy from the 80s and you look at it today, it still holds up, Alex. It's yeah. still a great toy. I think they, they reprinted those. They made like yeah. giant ones and stuff. Yeah, yeah they're awesome. Yeah. Good packaging. I like, had the I like holographic the hologram thing yeah. that was with it. I like the three and three quarters though. Yeah, yeah. That's the size. Look, we talked about that last time too. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, the next one is interesting. This book was dead, dead, dead. No one cared. No one thought about it. No one wanted it. No one cared about it. And then Spider-Verse comes out and all of a sudden it's hot. Oh, yeah. It's on fire. Marvel Tales, T-A-I-L-S, number one, November of 1983, the first Peter Porker, Spider-Ham. Mm -hmm. There are 205 9.8s, and it's now a $350 book. There's, I, I don't know how they don't put him in the second Spider-Verse film. Oh, yeah. It was extremely 100%. popular in the first one. <laughs> who would have thought a gag like that, right, Alex? Perfect. Alex, who thought to put these characters in the film, right? Smart people. Smart, I know smarter was people a, than us, yeah. But the Spider-Man Noir is relatively new. Yeah. Peter Parker was old. Yeah. Spider-Gwen is brand new. Go Spider. You know, it's like they kind of mixed it up a little bit, you yeah. know? It was just interesting how they, they, they did a mix. They put the kingpin in there, you know, all this other stuff. Okay. <laughs> the next one's an interesting one because you would almost think it would be more valuable, but maybe people aren't connecting it or maybe people have, uh, I, I think there's a little bit of a disconnect, right? I think there's a little bit of a confusion on it. So Ms. Marvel number one from January, 1977. Now, it's not the Kamala Khan Miss Marvel that people are familiar with. It's the Ms. Marvel that later became Captain Marvel, which Carol is the Brie Lar yeah. Carol Danvers, which is the Brie Larson character 
It's the classic John Romita senior cover. It is a great cover. Mm -hmm. There are 299.8s. Again, back in the 70s, even when your new number one came out, they were printing those. Yeah, they, they were, those were not yeah, like they were selling books. They, they, print, they, they put them on newsstands or whatever. Yeah. But there was only 299.8. It is about a thousand dollar book. You would think it would be more because Carol Danvers is the Captain Marvel that you see in the films. But I think it's because the character is called Ms. Marvel, and now right. people are thinking it's the Kamala Khan it's version. Not the costume. It's not. Right. It's not a lot. Yeah. Right. Right. So I think there's just a, a little bit of uh, a confusion there. But but the character that we see is Brie Larson originated, right? Yep. Yes. This is Carol Danvers. Yep. Okay, the next one's pretty cool. And I will tell you, uh, this book was definitely hotter when the X-Men films were coming out every couple of years, you know, uh, when you had uh, Rebecca Romaine playing mm -hmm. uh, Mystique. So, so uh, Ms. Marvel, number 18, from June of 1978. And by the way, she was awesome as Mystique. Interesting side note, we had Rebecca Romaine at our show in Los Angeles, I believe Avi Arad had come and he brought the cast with him. Oh, wow. And yeah, and Rebecca was at the show with a bunch of the other casts from that film. So that was a pretty cool, uh, that was a pretty cool appearance. So June of 1978, first full appearance of Mystique. There are only 126 9.8s. It's only a $900 book. I would expect that if the X-Men are brought into the MCU, I don't know how Mystique doesn't get brought into the MCU. I mean, like- She's a big player she, still in the books. Yeah, she's yeah, not I mean, going she's a, she's, a, she's a main character. So that to me seems like a very underpriced book. Again, Alex, when you're talking about brand new books coming out, like, yeah. the, you know, these books, Spider-Gwen's and Ms. Marvel's and everything, and they're selling for thousands of dollars to Spider-Verse books, to yeah. Spider-Geddon books, thousands of dollars. I mean, like $900 for a book from- 1978 seems awfully reasonable. And end of the end, near the end of the Miss Marvel run. So it's again smaller print run than the number ones, the number twos. I think that's why we're talking about Bronze Age today. I yeah. for some reason, look, the Silver Age stuff, the value is are there. Yeah. The the Golden Age stuff, the prices are there. Yeah. The Bronze Age, and and then you deal with the copper and the modern stuff. Uh, not copper, but the modern stuff. It's crazy. But it's almost like the bronze and the copper are like the forgotten ages. Right. And haven't quite hit. Yes, I, yes. There's a Spider-Man 300. Yes, you have some of those. You know, some of those first appearances. But for the most part, I mean, when we're running down this list and you're seeing the prices, it's really surprising, right? Yeah. Another character, super popular, even though has never appeared in any iteration, and they're still putting this character in more books today. Is the character of Nova? Very, very popular character. So first appearance of Nova, the Richard Rider version, Nova number one. It's in uh, September of 1976. There are 415.8, so it's not a low pop book. It is a $1,700 book for a 415 pop. What is it about the character of Nova, even though it's never appeared in any iteration? We gotta be seeing this character in the MCU soon, no? I mean, they hinted, I mean, the Nova core were in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I mean, it's there. The costumes were there, the helmets are there. It's there. The Nova core wasn't until much later uh, in, in the run, like way later, even 2000s, I think, for Nova core. It was just Richard Ryder for forever. Um, but why haven't we seen him? I mean, there's there's the second Nova, who's the younger kid. Um, that person right. could be in it. I mean, and they could do they could do that, you know, have Richard Ryder be an ex Nova core member who has a son or a grandson or something who is now the new Nova. It's very weird that they have the Nova Core without Richard Ryder. Right, right. So I, I, don't, I don't have an answer for you. Okay, so Alex, before we 
go to the next book, which is a DC book, which mm -hmm. is an interesting book, which is a character that I love, but just has not materialized yet. We have come to my favorite and your favorite part of the show. What's so funny? Uh, is it your favorite? Uh, meh. <laughs> it's just a good <laughs> break good. for you for let, to let me talk. <laughs> Listen, I think you've been doing a lot of talking lately. I do it's like it. Yeah, yeah, you okay. Like it. All right. So I'm going to give you your, your huge intro. Yes, please. You ready? You ready? I'm okay. born ready. I'm pins and needles. It's Alex's pick of the week. What do you got for us, Alex? Yeah. Uh, continuing on with the promo comics, uh, kind of push um lots of lots of cool stuff out there i mean th like i've said there's there's millions and millions of uh, of, of promo comics um today i'm going to talk about astro comics astro comics were american airlines uh from 68 to about 75 would give out comic books to kids flying on american really? airlines yeah i don't remember that yeah and they were harvey comics so it was Cas casper richie rich uh um hot stuff the little devil baby huey that uh, that kind of those characters uh and each uh maybe like every six months or so they would put they would print a new one almost the same cover but different inside so you know you had a few with you know, maybe like half with one cover half of the, the run with the other cover within that that year span um these are just awesome books i, I mean they're not hard to find so you, if you're interested in them you can go get them on ebay or mile high or my comic shop or midtown they're not super expensive i think near mints get you like raw like 25 bucks nine points or 100 150 not expensive what i like about them and why i kind of collect a, a few extra copies not just one of each um the front has really beautiful cover with all the harvey cart characters and on the back a lot of them are just stark white you take those to a convention and if you're a big casper fan you give a sharpie to an artist you give him some money and he can do a little sketch for you you can see you see it and it's a sketch cover you know, oh, there's a lot oh, of, it's cool. Yeah. There's a lot of books like that. I think zero, zero hour number zero is an all white cover, you know, before the cardstock actual sketch covers, there's a couple things out there that you can use as them. This is just a cool vintage promo book that you can use as a sketch cover if you want. Cool. Very cool. Alex. I like that. You always, you always have some interesting tidbits of usually stuff I haven't heard about, which is hard because I've right. seen, I've seen and heard it all. You, you're, so. you're, you love the good stuff. I like the free promo books from American Airlines. There's, there's a good balance between us. I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, so, so now back, on, back to our Bronze Age collection. This next book, again, for some reason, uh, yes, it's been on the television, it's been on the TV, on the, uh, on the CW, is Lobo. Now, mm. this character, I think, we've, we've thought for 20 years this character is going to blow up. Like, if people were buying this book 20 years ago, yeah. thinking this character was going to blow up. Yeah. Simon Bisley is the preeminent Lobo artist. Correct. There's no question. My brother owned the cover to number one. Oh, wow. Uh, sold, it, sold it many years ago at Heritage Auctions. Uh, that Brian, that, that, that Bisley cover is, yeah. is unbelievable, right? Like, that's the cover, right? Yeah. That's that face cover is everyone everyone's remembers. Anyway, Omega Man number three, excuse me, June of 1983, first Lobo appearance. There are a little, there are around 2,000 9.8s. It's that iconic Keith Giffen cover. Yep, right in that it's motorcycle. Only, right in the motorcycle. It's only about a $250 book. If anything happens with this character at all, that book could double or triple. Yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those books that always sells. It's always been popular. People have always looked for that book. It's always a key book. It's always a book that people want. Nothing has materialized with that character yet. The TV show hasn't sort of 
blown it up yet. Uh, I think it needs to be in some films. There, there was always talk about it, have, Lobo being in a movie, having a movie, being a, I mean, wouldn't Lobo be a great on-screen character? I think that's the DC's movie-verse answer to Deadpool. An adult, rated R, funny, comedy. The guy's a bounty hunter. He can regenerate. You know, he goes to different worlds. He drinks, he smokes. This is, this is their answer to the Deadpool movies. I don't know why it hasn't been greenlit and pushed forward. With all the dark DC movies out there, Lobo would be over the top and people would love it. Yeah, and I would think that they could find a really good, funny, you know, actor to kind of play that role. I mean, in the book, he's a big guy, but he's just white with black paint. Like, it'd be easy to do. You don't have to do super costumes. It doesn't have to be CGI. Like, just paint a guy. I know. I I, I do think that something eventually will happen with that character. All right, the next one, again, which, uh, you know, was just... We, we just found out that uh, Tatiana Maslany mm-hmm. will play uh, She-Hulk. That's going to be interesting. Uh, I think we're going to see a, like, sort of how Mark Ruffalo played Hulk. I think you're going to have Tatiana, obviously. Yes. You, know, they, they, you know, there were rumors that Ronda Rousey and maybe they wanted somebody bigger, but it sounds like they just went with a regular person who turns into She-Hulk. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, how they transform it. I don't think it's going to be a Lou Ferrigno type uh, transformation where you have one actor and then a different actor. I think it's going to be all CGI, obviously, mm-hmm. which is which is what they're bothering to do these days. So the 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 Jennifer Walters version of She-Hulk, Savage She-Hulk number one from February of 1980 is the first appearance. There are over 2,000 9.8s. There are actually three 9.9s. Again, when you had number one titles, people did order them. Yeah. Uh, it's still, it's, it's about a $700 book. I think people are going to wait for the series to come out. Tatiana Maslany, I loved Orphan Black. Yeah. She was amazing in Orphan Black. It's a very, very hard role to play. Very similar to the Doom Patrol role of K- Crazy Jane. Yeah. Uh, those are very, very difficult roles to play, to be able to turn it on and off and play multiple characters and multiple personalities. So, you know, it sounds like if they're going to CGI her and she's playing multiple personalities, you know, where she's playing you know, Jennifer one second, and then she's playing She-Hulk the next second, Savage, where to be able to play that multiple personality, they got the right person, right? I mean, there's not that many actors or actresses that could do that. So that was a good one. And, and I think that, you know, depending on how the series does, I, which would probably be great because everything they've been doing is great. Yeah, agreed. Okay, the next one's an interesting one because the movies were eh, but it's a character that's been around forever. And uh, it's The Shadow, Shadow mm-hmm. number one. Mm-hmm. Again, this was a popular character back then. Uh, it was popular back then when it came out, 1973, October. It was his first DC appearance. Uh, there are 149.8, and it's about a $250 book. It's got that awesome, awesome white Michael William uh, Kaluta cover. Oh, yeah. That's a great, great cover. What is it about The Shadow? Shadow's a very, very old character. Uh, it's 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 lasted the test of time yeah but hasn't had again hasn't had that successful franchise yet i mean i i i love the movie i mean it's uh that uh baldwin movie was great it was uh, just around the time when they were doing like the phantom movies the batman 89 had already come out like these this was like the pulp hero type era for these movies um you know again he he the shadow was a character in um radio it was a radio program so first it was a radio program uh then it was in pulps then it was in comics then it was a movie and then it kind of just fizzled out like nobody really was interested anymore i mean there's been more shadow comics i mean the comic world i think props that character up 
but you know it, as a americana hero the shadow phantom flash gordon you know people like that they've been around for a very long time so you know again like you said it's a clue to cover it's it's a beautiful book uh they're not expensive it looks great on the wall i, I grab one if, and if you're an alec what, baldwin fan also by the way why, why did why did they do all the batman shadow crossovers that that was a, a, a popular crossover that dc did yeah times. they're so much alike you know yeah it was just interesting that that seemed to be the crossover yeah shadow go, and sherlock go, go holmes to. the sherlock holmes crossover was also a big one speaking of sherlock holmes the enola <laughs> holmes movie was so good oh my god you haven't seen it yet no Fantastic. And Millie is amazing. Well, she's great. She's amazing in this. It's great. And Henry Cavill is char- charming as usual. No, nothing less that you would expect from Henry Cavill. <laughs> okay. So the next one is, is already been in a, a very successful feature film. There's going to be a second film and probably, hopefully, at some point show up in Black Adam as well, which is Shazam number one, mm-hmm. uh, which is Captain Marvel. Obviously, we, he goes by Shazam now. February of 1973, Shazam number one, first appearance of Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel Jr., Mary Marvel, the rest of the cast that you see in the film. Mm-hmm. It's got that awesome, awesome Nick Cardi cover. It's mm-hmm. a great cover. There are 285 9.8s. There is one 9.9. It's about a $700 book. Again, Alex, we talk about these books all the time. You have a successful movie franchise. Zach Levi, I thought, was very funny yeah. in the first one. He's... Uh, you know, he's the kind of guy who, when you look at him, he just kind of makes you laugh. Like, yeah. he's just that whole smirk, that whole personality that he has, right? His whole aura, he just seems like he's one of those guys that just makes you, up, uh, makes you laugh and crack up. So, I mean, that seems like a great price for that book. Again, sure. it was a number one, so it definitely got printed in quantity. Um, so, you know, the Shazam character is, is, is sort of here to stay. It's going to be a bedrock, and it's going to be part of the Black Adam universe, I would think, at some point, no? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, they're going to cross over. Um, you know, there was a lot of Captain Marvel books from the golden age. So in silver age. So, you know, it's not the first appearance ever, but it's a great book. It's a great cover. And again, it's a kid's book. So 700 bucks doesn't seem bad to me. Right. That, that'll you know be a thousand dollars after black Adam. All right. And the next one, Alex is another character that has not appeared in any TV form yet or, or, or film form. But again, people have always talked about this character. Very, very popular. The character of Power Girl, mm-hmm. Showcase 97, uh, from February of 1978. It's the first Power Girl solo comic. Yep. And there are only 62 9.8s. Yeah, it's, it's great, right? 62 9.8s. It's only a $225 book. Power Girl's a very, very popular character. Yeah. And has had a resurgence mm-hmm. over the ba- past bunch of years. Yeah. Again, why, why is she not in any of these films or TVs and all these things that are coming out? Uh, you know, I... I don't know. I mean, her powers are very similar to Superman. Maybe, maybe, maybe some execs think that it's they're too connected. It's too of this much of the same thing. Um, but no, I mean, I, I definitely think that a Power Girl, something. You know, I would assume it would have maybe would have been in Supergirl, but I believe that that is going the way of the dinosaur. Um, so I, I think you should be able to see something with her, and, and at least not am, animated. I mean, there's a ton of, of Warner Brothers animated movies i don't know why they don't do a jsa type animated something soon with her right right for sure for sure so and then the last topic we're going to talk about today is a character who's going to have his own film franchise yep it's going to be huge gonna be big and his first and second appearances were really really low printed books these are not books that had a lot high print runs and are almost impossible to find 
So the first issue is special Marvel edition number 15. Mm -hmm. It's the first appearance of Shang-Chi. It's from January of 1974. And in, in 9.8, it's about a $4,500 book. Mm -hmm. In 9.6, it's about an $1,800 book. So there are 94 blue label 9.8s. So it's a very, very rare book in that level. Yeah. Anything, look, as we've discussed before, is anything under 100 pop is on the super, super scarce. That's the extinction list. Yeah. yeah. Right? Anything under 100 is extinction because that means that, like, because you got to assume a whole bunch of them are in private personal collections, which means how do you pry a book that's in a private collection out? Well, something has to happen. Either a person has to pass away yeah. and their relatives that inherit the collection says, I don't really care about these things. I want to get rid of this, right? That's one way that a book comes out. Or if you have it and you decide, okay, I'm going to sell this book. And typically in order for that to happen, like Avengers 48 with the Black Knight yeah. or some of these other books is like, wait a second, you want my hottest book of the hottest new character that's going to be in the hottest movie with an under hundred pop and 9.8? Well, you're going to have to pay me triple or quadruple of yeah. what it's worth because why would I sell it? Yeah. And that's why when those books come to market, they sell for multiples of the yeah. last one because you just can't find them there in personal collections. Yeah. And, you know, these are books that have always been, it's always been a first appearance of Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi is a popular character. He's been around. So people have them. And if, since, you know, since they've been buying them, since CGC was a thing, people have been sending them away. So to have a little pop on a first appearance of something from the 70s, it's not like a hundred new ones are going to come to CGC now. No, 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 no. Like no, it's no. not going to happen. They're no, already out there. They're there and they're, right. they're done. You, they might get some in 7.0 sure. and 6.5 and 5.5 and 4.5. nine eights. No, no, no. They're not, they're not coming. They would have already been submitted. Yeah. Right. And then, and then the, the character who's playing Midnight in the film, that first appearance is in Special Marvel Edition number 16, the next mm -hmm. month. Yep. And it's the second Shang-Chi. And to your point is, it's also the last issue in the series, which means yeah. that the print run by then was probably very, Tanked. very, very low. Yeah, it's gone. Very low. There's only 16 9.8s. Wow. Can't, can't find it. I'm not going to give you a price. Doesn't exist. They're probably all in personal collections. Midnight is going to be in the film. Good luck. You're not going to find it. Try to find a raw copy. Yeah. Pay whatever you got to pay. Get it now. It doesn't even matter. I think if you can find an 80, 85, 75, any, you know, the term that my brothers and I always use it when we look at cards, comics, whatever is, is it a clean looking copy? Right. You know, Alex, sometimes I see copies that are nine fours or nine sixes and it's tilted centering or the, or the, or the, the tick or the ding is in the wrong spot. Yeah. Color or, break you know, or something. Yeah. Right. Color break. It's in the wrong location or it's, or, or, or it's slightly faded. Right. And then sometimes you see a book that might be a nine, two, nine, oh, and it's it clean. We call it clean. It's, it's gotten, it's aesthetically pleasing. Right. Folded page think, inside or something. Weird. Right, right. I think sometimes it's better to get an aesthetically pleasing copy Yeah, that might be in a different uh, grade range than something that is, uh, you know, a 9.4, but it's not as aesthetically pleasing as an 8.5 that's clean. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and with, with Shang-Chi, you know, these are hard to find expensive books. You know, for my, for my money, I would go to the next, the next thing. And, you know, there was a magazine Marvel put out called Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, which is a, just a Kung Fu magazine. Shang-Chi starts appearing in that. There's a lot of Bruce Lee covers uh, and, and insides. I'd pick those up. They're not, they're not very expensive in nine eights right now. Um, and they're not that hard to find, but I think for a lower priced book of something that's really awesome Shang-Chi related, those are the ones to go to. 
And, and I will tell you, the new series that Marvel just put out, the covers are phenomenal, oh, phenomenal. DK yeah. Ruin and, uh, and Philip Tan yeah. and, and all these covers. I mean, they did a great job on those variant covers. Uh, the, on the, the movies, obviously any new Marvel movie character is going to do well. People are going to see this movie. So it, they always want a really good comic to go along with it. And this is, this is the one, the new yes. Shang-Chi. Yes. All right, Alex, I think that does it for today. I think we're going to have to have a part four. Yes. And we still got more good stuff to talk about. Maybe, this maybe is just a whole episode on uh, X-Men 94. And then, oh, my God. And then, and then we'll be done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're, you're going to you're gonna have to put your thinking cap on for that one. Right, right. All right. Well, thank you again, Alex. And it's been a lot of fun. We will yes. see you next week. Same bat time. Same bat channel. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, we'll guys.